What's up, guys, and welcome back to the DualSense Podcast. This is episode 19. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jason. I'm joined, as always, by Travis. Travis, what's good this evening? Uh, not much, man. I'm reveling. Reveling? I'm sulking in my in my slowness on GT Sport. Why? What's happening there? Uh, did I tell you last week about the Red Bull challenge they put out? I, can't remember. I don't think so. Basically, Red Bull had their two F1 drivers uh, put down a time in the um, 2019 F1 car on um, Suzuka. I saw the times online. They were like 139, 138. I was like, that's easy. That's not, that's fine. No big deal. And then I looked at the leaderboard when I got online and they aren't even on the leaderboard. So I'm like, this can't be that hard. You know, usually I'm around the leaderboard anyway. So first lap is awful. I'm like, I'm like, 15 seconds off, but I, I expected that because I was trying to learn the car. So I run a few more laps. I'm thinking like by lap 10, I'll be right around 140 and I'll be able to crack it by 15. I can't get under 144. I'm like five seconds off. I'm like eight seconds off the world mm. record. It's ridiculous. Mm. So normally like I want to be two se- within two seconds, like two seconds of the world record is good for me. That's about where I am typically. I don't know what the deal is with this car and this track. I can't put it together. Like my optimal time is about right. It's about where I think I should be. It's about 140. But I cannot string together a lap for the life of me. I don't know what it is. It smells like bitch in here. That's what it is. <laughs> lost a step. So anyway, yeah, I got I've gotten old and slow, I guess. But then I did a I did a race <laughs> after that and was fine. The race I joined, I did okay. I don't know if it's oh, maybe there's like track limits I'm not pushing. I don't know what they're doing. But anyway, I can't do it. So but that's fun. Well you're gonna have to pull it together before GT seven. For sure. Well, I'll probably have like six years for that. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's true. Well, Travis, for the uninitiated or the noobs out there, this is a weekly podcast where you and I get together to discuss all things PlayStation in the last week, such as news, rumors, upcoming game releases, and a little bit more. If you all would like to engage with us, you can do so on Twitter at the DualSense Pod. We also occasionally stream games on twitch.tv slash the dual sense podcast so without further ado travis other than gt sport it sounds like what else have you been have you been playing this week um we did the uh ghost of shima legends i kept wanting to say game of thrones legends (laughs) (laughs) in your head it's an abbreviation yeah the the got throws me off so um anyway that's Mm -hmm. awesome i'm having i had a great time with it anyway so like i'm the normal samurai and you're like what what are you the assassin yes what's it called so yeah, yeah. We had a blast with that. It's fun, man. Anyway, so that we did that. I guess we did that Monday or Tuesday. I can't remember. Uh, we played mm-hmm. the beta. There, what was the first game that we played that I absolutely hated? What was that? On Black Ops? Yeah. Because we talked about the fire team. That was fun, oh, even though uh, we, got, we got way worse at that after, after the last episode. Was it Control? It yeah, was? it was Control. I hated it because it was like... For some reason, on like Battlefield, Control is is such a good game mode. Even Rush is fun on that game, but like, I don't know what it is about that game. For some reason, with the Control, it was awful. Like, I don't know if it's just the way the game's set up, or like, it's so sniper skewed right now that it's almost impossible. I don't know. Something about that was terrible. I was not having any fun with that, uh, with that game mode. Yeah, that one sucked for sure. What else have you been playing? Anything? Modern Warfare last night. Mm. Had a couple good rounds. What did we play first? The uh, <laughs> we played that game mode where the juggernauts you have to escort them. 
Yeah, uh, on, onslaught. I think so. Like on, yeah. Onslaughtered is I think is what they're calling it right yeah. now for yeah. Hall- for Halloween. I was definitely slaughtered. I think I went like one to twelve. I was like, I, <laughs> it's not working. I don't know what yeah. I'm doing wrong. Yeah, we loaded in at the end of the game. I was one and three. I think you were zero and three. Yeah, we definitely bad. got onslaughted. Yeah, so I definitely had zero points. <laughs> yeah, I had like a hundred, and we backed out of that. Our um, our normal stuff was fun. Whatever we played, I know we played some team deathmatch. We had some terrible maps in a row. Yeah, and then we played a couple of good boards after that. So anyway, yeah. it was fun. Um, that's about it this week. Well, I played Red Dead, of course, for challenges. Played the beta, as you mentioned. I don't think we played any fire team towards the end of it there, so we just stuck to the normal stuff. Uh, played Legends, Ghost of Tsushima Legends, as you mentioned. That's fun. We, I, I think I actually like the survival mode better than the story, but I have only played a couple of story missions, so I can't say definitively, but... right. I do enjoy the survival mode of that. That's that's quite a quite a bit of fun. And then yeah, we we, got, we actually won. Yeah, I know. Surprisingly, I know the first one. And I played Modern Warfare as you mentioned, and had I played I played pretty well uh, last night. I guess it was. And but like you said, the first map that we played when we started to play Team Deathmatch was the oil rig, which sucks. That's the worst map on the game. God, it's awful. <laughs> I could, I wasn't even seeing people and I was dead. Yeah, it's awful. There's yeah, bad sight lines, people everywhere, too open, whatever. Uh, and then I also played NBA 2K21. Still been playing that. I haven't played any of the next section of Domination at all. Well, I've played one game, but I haven't played that lately. I've been playing uh, Triple Threat, just grinding that out. You know, just quick games that you can kind of blast through and that's that's still fun so i'm still enjoying it and i'm pretty excited about the next gen version so i'm just trying to make some progress that'll carry over there and that's pretty much it so travis let's jump into the news here and it's actually a relatively slow news week on the playstation front not uh, anything too groundbreaking but nonetheless here we go number one the odds of future Bethesda-owned titles making their way to PlayStation consoles grow slimmer by the day. In an interview with website Kotaku, when asked if Xbox needed to publish Bethesda games on other platforms to recoup some of the $7.5 billion spent to acquire the company, Xbox chief Phil Spencer said, quote, But I'll also say in the model, I'm just answering directly the question that you had. When I think about where people are going to to be playing and the number of devices that we had and we have x cloud and pc and game pass and our console base i don't have to go ship those games on any other platform other than other than the platforms that we support in order to kind of make the deal work for us end quote so travis this is pretty ominous for playstation gamers like myself who would like to play the next elder scrolls and Fallout and maybe even the new Starfield game. So Phil looks like he's putting a little bit of a, of a nail in our coffin. What do you make of this? I like how Phil just um, basically was like, you're really asking me if it's going to be on PlayStation. Here's my answer. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like don't, they sugarcoated that question. Like, do you need to put it somewhere to make money? Like, just say what you want to say. Like, is it going to be on PlayStation? Yes or no. And <laughs> right. But, to, and Again, he's never really said yes or no, has he? He's always kind of danced around it like this. This is kind of the first 
Yeah. I mean, this is the closest he's been to saying, hey, we're not doing it on anything but what we have. Right. Yeah. I mean, what do you expect from a big company? Yeah, it's definitely, like you said, the closest that he's been. And he still didn't even commit one way or the other. It's pretty am- ambiguous, wouldn't you say? Yeah, but I think we all expected this at some point, that they would keep it on their Microsoft you know, areas. Um, you know, their big companies want to be a monopoly. So this is right in line with that as far as I'm concerned. They want it to be them and nobody else. So I get it. And he's right. They don't have to ship it out to make that money back, especially with you know, Game Pass and PC. There might be people that buy it just to play it on PC. Like, you know, I don't know that it, it's necessarily an Xbox thing and that's that's an advantage for them. Right. I I just don't see in the long run how they can't spend that kind of money and 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 put the games on PlayStation. Like that just doesn't seem like good business sense when you spend that kind of money and then you are not going to use it as a selling point basically for your hardware to get people to to buy your systems to play those games on like that just seems stupid Mm -hmm. like if if sony if we put the shoe on the other foot and if sony did something similar and then they they still released or published games on xbox we would be saying how stupid it was of sony to do that so if you're being fair it makes total sense for xbox to keep those off of PlayStation. So that's my expectation at this point. And it sucks because if those games are good, I'm going to have to bite the bullet and get a Xbox to play Elder Scrolls on, which sucks. And you're, you're playing into their hand. I think part of this is they want to at least sell game passes or consoles. I mean, you know what I mean? They at least want to have game pass sell. So if they, you know, if, if they put this thing out on PlayStation, they're going to get, what, 60 bucks and whatever they have to split with PlayStation. But some people yeah. will go buy a console and then buy the game. So mm-hmm. how many people have to just say, forget it, I'm not doing it because it's on Xbox? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, the plus minus there, it, you know, if half the people decide, well, screw it, I'll just go ahead and buy an Xbox. They're going to make more money by keeping it true uh, exclusive. Yeah, you're right. It's a good point. Number two, Travis, the extraordinary investment that Sony has made into the PlayStation 5's cooling system was reinforced again this week when PlayStation's Yasuhiro Otori revealed that the console's fan will be optimized post-launch via firmware updates. Push Square reported that in an interview with website 4gamer.net, Otori stated, quote, Various games will be released in the future, and data on the accelerated processing unit behavior in each game will be collected. We have a plan to optimize the fan control based on this data, end quote. So not only are we going to be getting our our normal console updates and game updates, we're now going to be getting updates for how the fan runs for <laughs> different games, Travis. What do you think about this? I think it's pretty interesting. I, I assume in the past it just kicks on or off based off of some sort of temperature scale. Sure. So this is kind of cool, like, you know, it's kind of like um, like PC laptops that are gamer laptops. Like they'll have like a button you can press to turn the fan on higher. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like that, but it's automatic. So, you mm-hmm. know, this is this is the future, right? You know, this is something that's pretty cool. Yeah, it is really neat. I, I never even once thought about this being a thing that you could do. Like, you know what I mean? Like updating the firmware to change how the hardware op- operates. <laughs> Like yeah. on, on a gaming console, that doesn't, that, that, that seems kind of crazy to me. So 
like you said, it's the future. It's really cool though, that they're going to be able to kind of analyze this in real time and heat map, heat map this to see how, you know, cyberpunk affects, affects the console. And then if they need to turn it up or if maybe they're running the fan too much and it's too loud and they don't really need that to cool the console, they can tune it down, you know, whatever. So that's, that's neat. Number three, Another cool new trophy feature appears to be coming alongside the PS5's new user experience. Website Push Square reported that earning trophies on the console may unlock digital rewards, similar to Ubisoft Club rewards for those of you familiar with that system. Two activity cards shown during the recent user experience reveal mention a profile avatar and a profile banner as rewards for trophies earned in Destruction All-Stars. So did you see this at all or... Uh, the report on this yeah i read a little bit about it so it's kind of like you said it's like the ubisoft club rewards which is kind of cool mm-hmm. and it's kind of like how it's like the same kind of thing we see in other games where like you have to be a certain level to unlock a gun or or an outfit on red dead right and yeah. it's kind of an extension of that for your avatar and your banner which i think is kind of cool it, it helps you kind of customize it makes more of the playstation experience customizable so i think that's pretty cool I wish I could have had stuff like that for like Ghost of Tsushima or whatever. Like it would have been fun to have like, you know, you platinum in, you get these different avatars, right? That'd be kind of sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm all for this. I think it's a, a great idea and I, it's, I don't know why they haven't done it sooner. I guess there's right. probably some type of limitation on the back end, but it makes complete sense for, you know, in-game rewards to be tied to system trophies, just like Ubisoft Club, you know, like you said, mm-hmm. you do stuff in the game and you get, whatever an outfit or whatever that's it's perfect like it's a great idea and it's i it sh- probably should have been done already but uh i'm excited i'm i'm interested to see though if this is going to be mostly taken advantage of by first and second party games like destruction all-stars or if we're going to see this implemented with games like call of duty and stuff too you know what i mean right i it's a hundred percent getting done for first parties hundred percent so yeah Outside of that, like what you know, like if it's a cross-platform uh, game, you know what kind of is it worth their time? Is it worth their effort? I don't know. Maybe it is. I guess that's for them to decide. But I think it's sweet, and I hope it's worth their time. Number four, we received several other new bite-sized bits of PlayStation information as well this week, Travis. I thought we could just run down these, um, kind of like we do the nuggets here, the news nuggets toward the end, and if you feel like jumping in at any point feel free. First little bit here. Sony revealed in a PlayStation blog post on Thursday that Apple TV, Disney Plus, Netflix, Spotify, Twitch, and YouTube will be available on PlayStation 5 on launch day. While Prime Video, MyCanal, whatever that is, Hulu, Peacock, and others will be added in the future. It was later reported that anime app Crunchyroll will also be available at launch. Additionally, media apps no longer have to be downloaded. They will be available directly in the media space on the PlayStation 5 user experience. Thank God for Crunchyroll. <laughs> right? You, you, you can watch all your anime now. Right. It's a Japanese company. Of course, we get the anime app first. But we don't need Peacock or Prime Video, guys, <laughs> or Hulu. God forbid. But make sure we get that anime in here. <laughs> it is odd how they how some of these big things are not not there. So they must have not been able to finalize the deal in time. Website Dual Shockers reported that Spider-Man Miles Morales will take around 15 hours to complete with Miles as the only playable character. 
Eurogamer also shared the first 25 minutes of the game this week, if you're interested in seeing that. I thought this was, I thought this was a little bit short, but then I remembered, what was it, Uncharted was like 15 hours. I think I beat Uncharted yeah. 2 in 10 hours. Yeah, so, this, I mean, is that about right, would you say? Yeah, yeah. these are on par, this is on par with the Uncharted games, except maybe four. I don't know, I'd have to go back and look, but I mean, this is a full-fledged game for all the people who were saying, oh, it's a... It's a, you know, glorified five hour DLC or whatever. And like, no, this is a full, this is longer than some, this is longer than every Call of Duty campaign. (laughs) Yeah, it really is. And it's, I mean, it's, it's half as long as The Last of Us Part 2. So this is a full fledged game, which is cool. And then uh, I'm, I've gone dark on this game pretty much as much as I can, uh, (laughs) granted, given the fact that we have a PlayStation podcast, but I did not watch the gameplay because I don't want to see it. Mm-hmm. I just want to play it for myself. Fair enough. Dual Shockers also reported that Ghost of Tsushima developer Sucker Punch Productions is hiring a new narrative writer with, quote, a desire to write stories set in feudal Japan, end quote, possibly indicating that work on the inevitable sequel will soon begin. So first of all, I'm all for this, as you, as I'm sure you know. Um, mm-hmm. what, what makes it inevitable to you? The amount of money they made? Yes, the number of copies that they sold, how well it was critically received, review-wise, and then the fact that they've added the multiplayer mode now, and I think it's already had like 2 million matches played or whatever. Yeah, it's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, and I think it's just such a success on that front that it would be stupid of them not to continue on with it. And if they were going to make another game based in Japan that wasn't Ghost of Tsushima, that would seem very odd to me. Right. So, and I wonder what we'll do with the story. Like, I guess we move to the mainland to stop them. Um, are, are we yeah. still with Jin? Did Jin decide, well, I'm, you know, I can't stay in Tsushima or whatever. Um, did yeah. Yuna finally go? Maybe we're Yuna. Remember, she wanted to go to the mainland, so maybe we're Yuna. So hmm. that could be interesting. Maybe you play as both. I don't know. I'm just, I'm snowballing here, but there's definitely yeah. meat on the bone left for them to make a sequel. Yeah, I've heard some rumors about possibly going to the mainland or, you know, I guess you would know better than I, but apparently there was another Mongol invasion in Japan, maybe doing that yeah. instead. Something they like that. They tried a few times. If they made a game about, <laughs> if if you're bored, a game that would be fun to do, it, but see, to do this game, you'd have to be the Mongols. They absolutely destroyed a couple of Chinese, Chinese settlements. Like by settlements, I mean like cities. I mean like hmm. mowed them down on the way to Japan. So if they wanted to flip the game around, <laughs> you could do some pretty gnarly stuff with them. That I'm surprised that we don't have a game like that. I uh, mean, yet a, a Mongol game. If you, if yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of cool, like roaming around, you know, spreading mm-hmm. out your empire. You could kind of do a little bit of like they could do a Mongol game. That's it'd be kind of like Civrev, but you're actually in person, and you just because that's what they did. They started off in their planes, and they were like, "Let's go mess with the Romans," and then, hey, let's go the other way and just run every sort of Asian culture out of the world. And that's basically what Jenga's content. So, I mean, it could be a hell of a game. Official PlayStation Magazine UK reported this week that Final Fantasy 16 is due out in 2021 and only on the PlayStation 5. Developer Sucker Punch Productions also announced that their raid event called The Tale of EO, IO, I don't remember how to say that, will be coming to Ghost of Tsushima Legends on October 30th. The raid will require four players, and it will not allow matchmaking. A minimum key level of 100 is also required. So we'll never get to play that. 
Well, we'll never get to play that. It's like the division raids and destiny <laughs> raids. So whatever. I don't know why that's a thing. I, I don't understand that. Activision revealed that Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War will include a PlayStation exclusive game mode similar to Modern Warfare's Spec Ops Survival Mode. This new mode is a two-player co-op horde mode called Zombies Onslaught. It will be available exclusively on PS4 and PS5 until November 1st, 2021. I thought this was pretty interesting that they're going to take just one segment of the game and make it exclusive. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that's interesting is I wonder how this could extrapolate to other other games that we see in the future on both sides, Microsoft or PlayStation. Like, can you imagine if you loaded up 2K on PlayStation and you couldn't play my team is only on Xbox? Because mm. oh. I know people love zombies like it's a thing. I mean, they can't play zombies on Xbox until the game is basically going to be replaced by another Call of Duty. <laughs> yeah, well, they're going to be able to play the normal zombies stuff that's right like the four the four player story but as far as this that's the two player this this specific mode yeah they're no i mean they're basically not gonna play it like you said because by the time that they can play it the new call of duty is gonna be out so playstation must be throwing them a lot of money both this year and last year for that modern warfare mode that was exclusive still exclusive not even can't even play it on xbox still to this to this date for another few weeks and then now this same deal again for Black Ops. So I think we're going to continue to see this too because this is one of the biggest games annually. I think Sony's still going to continue to throw money at them to keep some type of exclusivity within the game. And finally, Travis, media outlets and influencers began receiving their PlayStation 5 consoles on Friday, which means that preview and review coverage is imminent. Did you see any of the pictures on social media of people having their PS5s? Yeah, I just saw a bunch of people who had one, and then I didn't, so it just made me mad. I watched a video of a guy take a DualSense controller. He unboxed it, and then he took it apart and showed the insides of it. It mm-hmm. was pretty. It was pretty neat. There's uh, there's there's some cool stuff inside of it. It, it looked it looked like the inside of an iPhone, basically. Like there looked like there was a lot of technology in that. Yeah, it's like a, it's a spaceship. Number five. Codemasters peeled back the curtains this week on multiplayer for its upcoming racer, Dirt 5. In a PlayStation blog post on Thursday, the developer revealed that online play will include party game modes with various objectives and parameters, such as Vampire, King, and Transporter. For those looking for more traditional online racing, those modes will be there as well, and will include all 10 locations from single player. Codemasters will also be adding private lobbies post-launch for those who prefer to race with only their friends. All multiplayer modes in Dirt 5 are designed for up to 12 players and will also include cross-generational play between PS4 and PS5. We also received the entire vehicle list for the game this week, which features 13 car classes from across 7 decades. And finally, we received confirmation that Dirt 5 will launch alongside the PS5 on November 12th any thoughts here so i think codemasters has done a pretty good job of giving this game a chance to really have some legs and some longevity the car list is really good all of the classes are really good and like you know i told you the other day the gt rally is those cars are terrifying on dirt 2.0 like you can almost not drive them that's how <laughs> powerful they are so i'm excited to see how, if that's the same on this game or not but mm-hmm. you know the private lobbies are really cool that'll be awesome for leagues um, i'm sure they'll be 
some sort of a league at some point in some way, even if it's just these little whatever party games, you know, you can still have fun with those. So I think that they've made it to where you can have a lot of fun racing by yourself traditionally or racing with your friends in these different with these objective based game modes. So I think there's a lot to chew on there. It should be it should be good. I would be surprised if it wasn't. And it's and it's almost like they're propping themselves up to make this like a Forza rival with all these different mm. variations. And I think that's an interesting idea if that is what they're doing. There's a ton of content in this game, it seems like. Like between the career and these party modes and uh, you know, the online play, it seems like there's going to be just a ton of gameplay or a ton of content in this game. So I'm really excited about this. You know, I'm not into racing games, but like I've said before, this one seems accessible to me. So I'm, I'm in, I'm in there for it and I'm excited about it. I'm, I'm wondering if, like you said, if they're going to have some type of online league or tournament and um, if they did, do you think you'd play in it? Like, racing i guess this competitively is that appeal to you or no because it's more of an arcade game i have to see how it feels like i can't i don't like to race arcade games competitively because people don't take them seriously it's not that i take true not that i take it seriously but isn't isn't really the right word because that implies that like i'm throwing helmets and stuff and like (laughs) i don't really do that like it's not what that's not what i mean what i mean is like taking it seriously as far as like giving you room racing fair you know trying to put down the best time trying to learn everything you can about the car like that type of stuff that that's what's fun to me about racing online like an arcade game you just give me a car and a race right Um, it's not as interesting to me from that perspective and like i don't i don't want to be in a lobby with like an eight-year-old who is driving backward because they're they don't understand like that (laughs) stuff drives me insane i don't want any part of that however codemasters does do um challenges they have them on dirt rally and you you can earn credits or a car or a a livery or whatever i'm assuming they'll have challenges like that on this game yeah you you did say you are going to get this game right or no yeah yeah i think it'll be awesome okay are you do you think you'll play it with the will or with the controller or are you will all the way baby i'm a a (laughs) sim i'm a sim racer 24 7 it depends like if it's if it drives like dirt 2.0 2.0 I will just because I like the way it feels like that game feels so good on the wheel the feedback's really nice mm-hmm. um, it's really intuitive I actually it's easier to drive on on a controller than it is on the wheel like in most games are like GT Sports easier on the controller too it's just and part of that's because I've put how many thousands of hours have you put in on a, on a controller so little right. nuance inputs are so much easier to do on that than it is on the wheel but it depends we'll see how the cars feel and it might be it might be one of those things where only certain types of cars are, are good on the wheel and certain ones are bad. You know, they could be like that too. Number six, Godfall developer Counterplay Games also gave us another deep dive on their game this week, detailing the loot and skill systems in the upcoming Looter Slasher to IGN. We learned quite a bit about how the various systems are implemented and how they will complement each other with technical producer Dick Hain. There he is again calling the game, quote, a tinkerer's dream, end quote, where players are able to tailor their equipment and skills to fit their specific play style. However, players will not be committed to their choices forever as they can respect skill points at any time and skill points are also universal between Valor plates, meaning there is no grinding necessary to level up each one as you go. 
One more interesting note is that loot can be enchanted to increase its rarity level in addition to just powering it up, which means that if there's a particular piece of loot you fall in love with, there will be a way for you to bring it along with you throughout the entire game. To go more in-depth on the game's loot and skill systems, be sure to check out the article on IGN. So, what do you think about some of this, Travis? Does it appeal to you at all? Well, first of all, you're a damn tinkerer, so this is your wet dream. Yes, it is. That's all. We, that's all we waited for you on the division half the time, so you could tinker with your ship. <laughs> uh, uh, anyway, um, I'm a I'm a tinkerer. So, I I do like the universe. The uh, how the skill points are universal. I think that's pretty sweet, and I like that you can respect mm-hmm. things because that's one of the things I do hate about these loot games. Is sometimes you get something that looks really cool, or it has like a really big boost you like, but the level is so low it's almost unusable. So I like that I can respect it and, you know, play around with it in a different way. Maybe hold on to it throughout throughout my character's life. Yes. Can you explain exactly um, what they mean with like this enchanted loot? Is that something that reminds you of Skyrim? Is that like a thing? Mm. Yeah. So what they are doing is you can power up your gear. I forget what they call it, but it's it's like when you power up loot on avengers right now right like you you use resources and increase the stats on that item okay Mm -hmm. they also have this in this ability to enchant loot so what they are using this as is like if you find a cool looking sword early on in the game but it's you know uncommon so it's not it's like the green uh, loot you know but you really like the way the sword looks and you like playing with it you can enchant it to increase its rarity level in theory all the way up to legendary that way it never gets unusable for you you know what i'm saying so you can get resources to enchant it to increase its rarity which Mm -hmm. then increases its stat uh, limits so that you can continue to power it up all the way up through legendary or exotic or whatever the highest loot level is. That way, when you first start out the game, conceivably, if you find a weapon you really like, you can keep it all the way till the end. That's pretty cool. So you don't feel like it's useless, you know, two hours into the game. Right, and that's what I hated about the division is I would get like, like I had a Tommy gun that I just like to use, but it was was like what level 100. So it's like, I literally used it for like two nights. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like that's frustrating to me when I find something cool and it kind of just, you know the lifespan of it is so low. It's kind of like, why even get attached? I agree. That's why I think this is a really cool touch that they've done. Because, like you said, we've been there when we've found something that we really think looks cool or is fun to play with, and then you got to get rid of it. Um, I also think it's a nice touch to be able to just kind of redo all of your skill points at any time. Because right. you know how many times have we been playing a game like the Division or whatever? Which the Division has this too, where you can respec your skill points. Mm-hmm. So where you feel like you've made a mistake or maybe you get a new weapon and you want a stat boost from another skill or whatever. Well, now you can just respec it. So I think those are both good quality of life inclusions for this game to give it some, some longevity um, for people to tinker as he says. Number seven, Ubisoft revealed their extensive post-launch plans for Assassin's Creed Valhalla on Tuesday. Owners of the Season Pass will receive two expansions, as well as day one access to a special mission called The Legend of Beowulf. The first expansion is called Wrath of the Druids. 
Druids and takes place in Ireland and will launch in spring of 2021. The second expansion is called The Siege of Paris and will release in summer of 2021. In addition to this paid content, all players will be getting free seasonal content throughout the year, which will last for three months at a time. Season 1 will begin in December and features a new settlement area, the Yule Festival event, and new river, a new River Raids mode, and new skills and abilities. Hmm. So, these are some pretty extensive plans here. What do you think about, uh, about any, anything that I just read or the legs of this game in general? So again, props to these guys, to Ubisoft, for letting us know the future plans. So, like we've talked about before, it's nice to know when I've invested in a game, like to know the future, like how it can live on, and it's not going to die immediately. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, so I do like that. Um, and one of the questions I had was like, you know, some of the stuff is like day one. Like if you buy day one access, you get this Legend of Beowulf. So let's say. I'm buying a bunch of games on, on day one for PlayStation and we're having a, a memory issue, memory space issue. Mm-hmm. Could I, if I, if I just buy this, but don't download it yet, do I still get it? Hmm. That's a good question. I would think so. Like, I think with some of the stuff, you usually have like a time limit that it expires. Like, right. like next December, you know, you have to download it by like next December or something like that. So and even if you couldn't, you could just download it and then, if you didn't plan on playing it to later, download it, get it, delete it. It'll still be there. Right. I So I don't know how much the expansions interest me. I mean, they look cool based on how they described them and some of the screenshots that I saw. Right. But usually the expansion stuff for Ubisoft games don't really speak to me. But however, the free content sounds really cool. The fact that they're going to continuously add these settlement areas to make your settlement bigger. That's pretty cool, yeah. And, uh, you know, add these new modes, like that River Raids mode sounds really fun. Uh, yeah, it sounds it's, cool. Yeah, and it's also cool that they're going to add new skills and abilities for your character. Like, that seems pretty not typical for a game to add mm-hmm. skills and abilities, you know, that change uh, the gameplay or could right. change the gameplay. So that's that's different. That's interesting. And I watched a little gameplay yesterday, and they were, you know, driving the boat down the water driving the boat do you drive boats what do you sailboats whatever they're yeah. on they're on the boat and they're going <laughs> down the water okay and um <laughs> this thing pops up and it's like a it just randomly pops up and it's like a raid on beside the river i guess it's what a river raid is and it's like yeah. this little settlement it pops up and he's like and he was he was like i guess we'll do this attack now and he just kind of pulls off and yells and it goes into this really cool animation mm-hmm. they do this like viking call and he raids into this little settlement and i was like that's dope and it was kind of like organic you know what i mean like yeah like on Shishima, when you'd run into a random like mongrel settlement or whatever, it felt like that. Yeah, I I think you and I may have watched the same video. That was really cool. Like just like you hit square to raid, and they just mm-hmm. like got off and went and raided this little yeah settlement or whatever. That was pretty cool. That game looks awesome, but I'm gonna wait on it partially because of funds, but other partially out of necessity. As I was talking to you the other day, I just don't think I'm gonna have enough storage space for it so i'm gonna have to wait until i can have some room on the console number eight we have several news nuggets here travis to get through as always feel free to jump in here at any point first nugget developer kojima productions announced on twitter that they are now hiring for a new game they're working on 2K Games has added non-skippable advertisements into NBA 2K21 more than a month after launch. 
These types of invasive ads were also present in NBA 2K20 and 2K19. My question is, it seems like this got a lot more heat this year than the last few years. Is that just me not paying attention? Like, did it take people three years to pick up on this? I think that they maybe, I don't remember exactly, but I feel like maybe they were there at launch on the old games, but not this time around, maybe Uh, is the problem. And I think also some of the blowback is on the fact that they these ads weren't there when the game was reviewed and then they've added them a month later after reviews are you know after reviews are out and that sort of thing so gotcha. nobody nobody evaluated the game based on them being forced to uh, set their ads yeah forcing forced to watch their ads so anyway NBA 2K21 on PlayStation 5 will take advantage of the console's activity system through exclusive My Team mode challenges and leaderboards. That seems like the most effective way for them to use mm-hmm. to use those activities. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is neat. I'll give them a little, little props there. Also, Travis' website DualShockers reported that publisher Devolver Digital has acquired Serious Sam developer Crow Team and that Ubisoft confirmed Watch Dogs Legion will run at 4K and 30 frames per second with ray tracing on PlayStation 5. Website PlayStation Universe reported that Watch Dogs Legion will allow you to replay the entire game's story with Aiden Pierce once he is added to the game next year. And I think this begs the question, is Aiden Pierce, is he immune to permadeath? Ooh, that is a great question. Never thought about that. I'll be, oh, cool. Aiden's here downloading first mission. This dude just blows my head off. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> he has to be, right? He yeah, might I be mean, the, only, the only invincible character. PlayStation Universe also reported that PUBG's 9.1 update on PlayStation 4 Pro introduces 60 frames per second at 1080p. That's exciting for those four guys who still play it. <laughs> right. Website Push Square reported that Sony's PlayLink smartphone compatible games will apparently work fine on PlayStation 5 after all, according to clarification from Sony XDev Europe. Push Square also reported that Sony is reviewing feedback on the broadly criticized party app changes, that Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition will feature several performance modes on PS5, including a mode for 120 frames per second, that Share Factory Studio on PlayStation 5 will support 4K HDR video editing. Cool. And finally, Push Square reported that Guilty Gear Strive will receive a free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version if you purchase the PS4 version, and the game will also feature cross-play between the consoles. Website Gamatsu reported that Atelier Ryza 2, Lost Legends, and the Secret Fairies PS5 Physical Edition has been canceled for Japan, which is odd. (laughs) Gamatsu also reported that strategy simulation game Mars Horizon will launch on PS4 on November 17th. That anti-gravity racing game Pacer will release on PS4 on October 29th. That Poker Club will launch on PS4 and PS5 on November 19th and will feature 4K at 60 frames per second with ray tracing. I love that we have a ray tracing for poker. <laughs> I know. I'm I'm kind of excited about this game. Like, oh, <laughs> it's, it's a launch game or I pretty mean, much a launch game. I think it'll be cool. I just think it's hilarious. What is there to ray trace? Like, <laughs> that's, right. I don't understand. I really hope, I really hope that there's ray tracing. Like, you can customize your character. I know this much. I hope, like, if you're wearing, like, Oakley's, like, I can see the ray tracing, like, the reflections off the the lenses of your Oakley's of your cards and shit. 
Gematsu also reported that monster monster collecting turn-based tactical strategy game Monster Sanctuary will release on PS4 on December 8th. That NN Games will release Cotton Reboot both physically and digitally for P- for PS4 in quarter 1 2021. That Jump Force DLC character Miriam and Hai, hey, I don't know, whatever, will release on October 27th on PS4. That digital board game Arkham Horror Mother's Embrace will launch on PS4 sometime in 2021. That Shoot 'em Up R-Type Final 2 will come to PS4 in spring 2021. That strategy card game Feria will launch on PS4 on November 3rd. That Romance of the Three Kingdoms 14 Diplomacy and Strategy Expansion Pack will release digitally on PS4 on February 11th. That VR first-person shooter tower defense game Captain Toonhead vs. the Punks from Outer Space will come to PlayStation VR in the first half of 2021. That first-person slasher Ghost Runner will come to PS5 sometime in 2021. Owners of the PS4 version of the game will get a free upgrade to PS5. That Blade Runner Enhanced Edition has been delayed out of 2020 to an unannounced time in the future. That free-to-play third-person shooter Operation 7 Showdown is now available on PlayStation 4. Never heard of that. And finally, Gamatsu reports that free-to-play MMO tank game War Thunder will come to PS5 in mid-November. And that is all for the news this week. It's It's a fairly light news week. Not much going on as we get ready to ramp up, I believe, for a lot of PlayStation 5 preview and review coverage next week is my guess so without further ado travis it's time to get into this week's new game releases and i turn it over to you out on the 19th on playstation this week we had nine monkeys of shaolin and car mayhem which is dog shit don't don't bother with that one (laughs) on the 20th we have amnesia rebirth cross crush which i watched a video of that the video was in russian so i couldn't really tell what was going on (laughs) <laughs> but there was a lot of boomers blowing up cars. It was it was weird. Like the cars would drive up and like this old woman like the old women that we've seen in these classroom one oh ones of watchdog legions, she uh-huh. would like blow these cars up and there was an old man. It was I probably should have found an English one, but I mean whatever. I kind of was like this, this is weird. <laughs> That's so odd. Next up we have Hyper Brawl Tournament, which has some pretty cool characters and maps and you can like score goals on it. So it's like a you have little characters you play with. It's like a bipedal Rocket League kind of, and there's, you know, people explode and you can throw it in. It's kind of interesting, and the maps will change, and there'll be different kind of obstacles in the way. I thought that was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure if it'll take off, but it's 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 definitely interesting and cool. Sounds cool. Next, we have Kuki Yomi Considerate, Monster Truck Championship, Outpost Delta, which is a, a single-player 2D side-scrolling sci-fi shooter which I thought was going to be cooler than it was. And that's why I, that's why I made a note about it. And then it, it was kind of a letdown. Um, and then finally, <laughs> on the 20th, we have Terra Bomber, which is what it sounds like. On the 21st, we have A Tale of Paper, Macratus, A Mother's Journey, and Mushroom Heroes. On the 22nd, we have Asterix and Oblex Double XL Remastered. Or is it supposed to say Row Mastered? Is that a typo? I think, I, no, I think that's correct. Row Mastered. Oh, sorry. Row Mastered. But, <laughs> in English. Um, next up, we have Double Pug, which I was excited about because I don't really like pugs, but I like dogs. Um, it's a side runner. 
Yeah, it's a side runner. So you're like a pug and you run and jump and it's like a it seems like a mobile game or like a you know, like Mario's a side scroller. So mm-hmm. it's kinda weird, but I could see where a kid would like it. Um next we have Outbreak, Pocket League Story, Raise the Dad. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Raise the Dead. <laughs> Uh, so i uh, sorry that I, what i read was a sequel to uh everybody loves raymond it's <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, good it's good and, and that's raise r-a-y-s not not like raise bread mm. and next we have the sushi spinnery trail makers and the last that day is superland so superland i thought it was going to be a bunch of toyota supras um it's not that at all hmm. and i don't even remember what it was hmm. on the 23rd we have grood so this is probably the most interesting game to me on this list. Grood, Grood, not Groot, G-R-O-O-D, Grood. Um, imagine Space Invaders, but you're scrolling to the side and it has Broforce music. Oh, that sounds cool. It's pretty awesome. So I think that one will be pretty sweet. Uh, next we have Halloween Candy Break. And for the love of God, stop putting mobile games on consoles. <laughs> Please. It's, it's Candy Crush, guys. Like, why are we uh, doing this? Anyway. Mm. Next, we have Lord of the Click, and it's a super easy platinum if you're a platinum hunter. It's $5. All you do is click stuff. It's awesome. Lord of the Clit. Yes. <laughs> and then, um, and then we have Less for Darkness, which was super weird and scary, and I couldn't get past the thumbnail. <laughs> Followed by that, we have Supermarket Shriek, which is the weirdest thing I've seen. So ba- you're a human and a goat, and you're in a shopping cart, and you scream. That's how you move. You, you scream. Good God. And you go through a supermarket course and you can like fall off and die or whatever. And Hmm. I don't really know how else to describe it. I hope that you can scream into the microphone and that will work because that's kind of funny. (laughs) And then um, last on the 23rd and the last game this week is Transformers Battlegrounds. Which I think is that XCOM style strategy Transformers game. Yes, it is. It's kind of interesting. That's a long list this week, and also I also got our list from a new source. I discovered that the the lads over at uh, Push Square will update the list continually as the week goes on. So if I just wait until Friday, they'll have the list updated and nice and organized, and oh, there's nice. no there's no repeats. So leave it to our mates across the pond there to clean things up for us. We still won the war, by the way. <laughs> and Travis, to wrap things up here this week, I wanted to talk to you about what our opinions are of what the first monthly PlayStation Plus game will be on PS5 when it launches. So for some background here on PlayStation 4, when it launched, we had specifically for PS4 for PlayStation Plus, we got Resogun, if you'll remember, which was a great game. And then we also got a game called Contrast. So both were small indie games. I never finished Contrast. I tried it, but it wasn't for me. Like I said, Resogun was excellent. It's still one of the best games on PS4. Still own it. I've never deleted it. So what do you think that we might possibly get on PlayStation 5? Do you think we'll get... How many How many games do you think we'll get? One game, two games, and whatever your thought is there, What what could you see us possibly getting uh there at launch well i think we'll definitely get two okay and i could see three if somebody wanted to jump in maybe like a bigger party game by party game i mean like a (laughs) a bigger first party game and it's older game and maybe they want to just jump in to kind of uh you know kick the tires basically okay so if you're asking me what i think we'll get 
this is an interesting question, and I think it's kind of difficult because I don't know all these indie games that could pop out. Like, if you would have asked me what I thought about the PS4 games, I wouldn't have told you Resogun because I didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. The first thing I thought of, and this is probably a stretch, but the first thing I thought of was Battlefield Five because the game is hmm. dead. So maybe they want to do a reboot and kick the tires, like I said. And we know they're making a new one to come out next year. So maybe we don't see it the first month, but I could see that being a game that pops up randomly that they're kind of like, hey, we're still alive and we're making games. Um, yeah. That's one thing I thought about. And then sticking with kind of a bigger studio, I thought maybe um, Pez Pro Evolution Soccer might be something that we get because they didn't really have a real game this year. They just had a roster update. And we know True. that they've talked a lot about, hey, look, we saved all of our all of our materials, all of our money, whatever. We put it into the PS5 version for next year. So here's last year's game for free. This is the base. This is what you know you're going to get in half. Hey, look, mm-hmm. look, this, you know, we're just, we're just throwing it out there. We're rolling the ball out there. Look, we know everybody buys FIFA, but we actually work on our game. So maybe you'll like it. <laughs> I could see that happening. I think Pez is more likely than Battlefield, but I was trying to think of like a big game. Yeah. That we haven't seen before. You know, I went through some other ones in my head. Maybe like, I thought maybe we could get like Dying Light or something, but we're past Halloween. So like, I, I don't know if that would, you know, that would fall in. Right. Yeah. So I haven't even considered the fact that they may throw in like a big AAA game like Battlefield 5. That would make sense though. Something especially like Battlefield 5 where the, the player base is decimated, like you said, so you could give it a shot in the arm. But I could definitely see that. I could definitely see Battlefield Five as kind of filling, and you would do it. That would fill a gap because there's no competitive shoot. Well, there's no first party competitive shooter. You know what I mean, right? Um, for PlayStation at launch, the only reason I think they may not do that is because they have the the marketing deal with Call of Duty, so that may keep them from doing that. Yeah, but I think that it's going to be an indie game or at least a smaller game. And I've gone back and forth with how many and what I think it could be. I think they're only going to give us one PlayStation five game and then they're, you know, we'll still get two PS four games or whatever and they'll be backwards compatible. But Mm -hmm. I think they're going to give us one PlayStation five game and I think it's going to be an indie game and I cannot decide if it's going to be bug snacks or the pathless. I thought about bug snacks, but it felt like it was too mm-hmm. on the nose. Sure. But I will say it's like I've told you before, it's super popular. People are excited beyond belief for this game. But I think it might be the pathless. I think I might have talked myself into believing that it's going to be the pathless. But we know it's a launch game. I haven't heard anything about the price, but I think that it is more suited to highlight the features of the console especially the dual sense controller because you have the bow and arrow you know and you're moving around that world like super fast and everything and you're you're having combat with these right whatever whatever they were demons or whatever so you can you'll have that you know haptic feedback from moving around the world and fighting and then the the adaptive trigger use by the, with the bow and arrow and stuff it's a relatively simple game also, yeah, it's not like yeah. there's a lot of. I mean, there's a lot of money in it, but you know what I mean. It's not like Rockstar, yeah. right? Exactly. So, 
I think I've convinced myself that it's going to be the Pathless. It's going to be the first PS5 PlayStation Plus game. So we'll see. We'll see. I think I don't think it'll be Bug Snacks. I think it's the Pathless. And that's my that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. Travis, let's close out the show here by discussing what we are going to be playing in the week ahead. What's uh what's on your docket this coming week? Well, I want to sell my racing wheel so I can buy a new one. Um so I guess I might put that on eBay. So why are you doing that? We haven't talked about that, but what's the reasoning? A couple of things. So one of the things I struggle with on the game is my consistency breaking. And by that, I mean like my pressure breaking and the pedals I have now, there's kind of like a dead zone in the break. And I've, I've tried a couple of different fixes that I've seen online before. Like one, you put in a piece of uh, eraser. I've seen people use tennis balls and they work, but like, it's not it's not right. It's not it's not how it actually feels when you drive a car at speed and brake. And I don't like that. Okay. And it, it makes it difficult to drag brake. So like a part of being like when you race, you don't you're not all gas, all brake, all gas, all brake. Like that's not how you race. Like sometimes you feather the throttle, sometimes you drag the brake. It's that's how you race and that's how you maintain your momentum, especially in some of these cars that like in F one cars and in some of these um older cars like if you drive it an old league like keeping speed is important like you can't just pick it back up when you hit the brakes you have to keep momentum throughout the lap so that's annoying and it and um, it, it and by the way like when it slows me down it's not like it's slowing me down by seconds it's probably like a half a second at the most and okay. a lot of people are fast enough that it doesn't matter but i don't think i should make it any harder than it needs to be and the other right. thing i hate is my steering wheel the spring in the steering wheel is it's really tight and it's loud. So like it is not on every game on GT mm-hmm. sport. It's fine. But like on dirt rally, it'll knock like you'll hear it going. Tut, 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 tut. Yeah. It, it does it on F1 too. Sometimes I'll yeah. never check on F1, but sometimes on F1 it'll do it and it drives me insane. So I want to upgrade um, to the Fanatec brand because I know they don't do that. Um, and I know that it's a little, and then the Fanatec too, I can like change wheels. So like, now I have my one wheel, but like with the Fanatec, I could put an F1 wheel on. I could put a old school wheel on. If I'm racing some old cars, I could put on like a, a rally wheel or whatever. So that's um, cool. I do like that. I can get different rims for it. So that, that's the hmm. main reason. I think it's, you know, I've upgraded the TV. I've bought a stand. I've done everything except upgrade the actual wheel and my chair. So hmm. it makes sense to me. Um, so hopefully I'll get that sorted. Mm-hmm. And then other than that, um, I guess I'll try my Red Baron game at some point, uh, my Crimson Skies game. I have a feeling I'm going to be terrible at it just because I suck at flying games, but <laughs> it looks cool and I'm excited for that. Uh, definitely play some COD because I like to shoot at people and um, hopefully we can assassinate some people in the horde mode. Yes, I agree. Are you talking about Legends? Yeah, so... Yeah. And now, now that we know how the, how the drum works for healing, we can just all go to the drum instead <laughs> yeah. of using them all in the first time. <laughs> right. And smack all of them like they're like a collectible. Well, I plan to play Red Dead online, of course. Got to get my challenges. I'm addicted to that game. It's probably going to cause me some some problems whenever it comes time to make some cuts on the PlayStation 5 storage. Going to continue to play NBA 2K21, the My Team. I'll continue my march on there. And then I'm sure that we'll mix in some Modern Warfare and probably some, like you said, some Legends on Ghost of Tsushima. Maybe we can get the, at least get John on to play some point this weekend with us. 
that'll be fun. And I think that's it. Well, there's one more thing that's on my radar before we get to the PlayStation 5. So I downloaded that game called Vampire with a Y. Oh, yeah. Yes. I've It's been on my radar for a long time now. And now that it's a PlayStation Plus game, I downloaded it. So I want to play that and see what that's about. Um, just I've seen some clips on Twitter, some people playing it, and it looks interesting. So I want to give that a shot probably. And I believe that's probably it. That's probably too much as it is. So <laughs> we'll see how it all goes. But uh, that's it, man. That's all for this episode, this rather brief episode. I'm sure tomorrow, or tomorrow, I'm sure next week's <laughs> will be even longer because, like I said, I anticipate quite a bit more info between now and next week. So if you guys enjoyed the show, please, we ask that you would subscribe to never miss an episode. Leave us a review, even if it's not so kind. That's cool. And we would also ask that you would share us with a friend of yours who may be a PlayStation gamer. And we hope that you guys take care and enjoy the show. We'll talk at you next week.